I walked around the stadium and I saw people starting to process, so just picked a line and I just went in there and so I made it. It was pretty perfect timing. We've got some revenge to seek after last year's performances against Rush. We're ready to go and ready to show them how to play football. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rapids Podcast. I'm Rapids Director of Media Relations, David Lindholm, and I'm joined by Richard Fleming, the club's play-by-play announcer, who is seen and heard on altitude for all our games. Richard, what do we have coming up this week? Well, the Rapids women kick off their season this weekend. We'll hear from inside the camp. Nathan Sturgis, he talks to us about the U.S. Open Cup and a former player, Chris Martinez, gets a little gooey-eyed and all nostalgic on us. So, lots to get to over the course of the program, but let's start with congratulations to Dylan Powers, who walked in his college graduation this past Sunday, May 19th. Richard, you caught up with him. Sounds like it was quite a journey. Yes, now you'll hear in a few moments he made it just under the wire, trying to get from the Bay Area to Indiana in just a few hours. Let's hear him tell the tale. I had to leave right after the game to make my flight out of San Francisco, so I had to get a cab to San Francisco, left around 11.45 on a red eye, and I got into Chicago at uh, 5.45, so that was central time. And the graduation started at 9 Eastern time in South Bend, which is about a two-hour drive. So I had one of my teammates from school pick me up in Chicago. He's from there, and we drove uh, about two hours to school, and it was uh, about 8.59 when I pulled up um, at the football stadium where the graduation was, and uh, I walked around the stadium, and I saw people starting to process, so just picked a line, and I just went in there, and so I made it. It was pretty perfect timing. The fact that you've gone to this length, it obviously meant a great deal for you to be there. Yeah, I, I mean, graduating from that university was pretty special for me, and just graduating in general, um, I put a lot into it, so um, it was important for me to go back, and it, I thought it was a really good decision. Um, it was a special weekend. It sounded as if it was a big rush, but you look well presented and well and well laid out. Yeah, um, I, I really try to do a lot of planning ahead of time so that I, I could deal with any little hitches that, that came up. And in terms of going back to Notre Dame, it's a special place. Did it give you a time to reflect on what a whirlwind six months has been for you? Yeah, it was kind of going back. It was um, just seeing the people who kind of helped me get to where I am today and, and talking with them. Uh, it puts a little perspective on things, but it definitely has been a, a wild three or four months um, jumping into a new system and, and trying to fit in, but uh, it's been a, an enjoyable one. At what point in your education process did you decide that a professional soccer career was for you? Well, I, I've always wanted to play since I was growing up, so going into college, um, that was my goal coming out, so that's why... I, I took classes in the summer and, and overloaded on classes some semesters to, so I can get out early because I, I finished my classes in December um, so that I could enter the draft and, and be done with school. So even at this stage, as a pro soccer player, life beyond soccer, is that something you're already thinking of? Is it something that you've, you've got an idea in your mind where you would like to go or how you would like to use that education? Yeah, I, I don't have a, a perfect vision yet. I, I'd like to do something outside of soccer. Um, right now I'm pretty focused on my first season and this season with the team. But I think as I get more comfortable and more um, adapted to the league, I think I'd like to, to try to do something. So yeah, a great achievement there for Dylan, who's got the world at his feet. He can, of course, achieve great things in the soccer sphere. 
And with a solid education now under his belt, the future looks very bright for Dylan Powers. A wonderful achievement, as I say, and uh, massive congratulations. Definitely. And for him to finish his coursework in three and a half years at one of the top academic institutions in the country makes it all that all the more impressive. And it seems like something that many members of this Rapid Squad are, are committed to, and rightly so. It's getting a quality education as well as, as we've seen, playing soccer at the highest level. And with the Rapids youth teams graduating many members into the college ranks this fall, it's something that I think we're, we're going to touch upon in a future edition of this podcast. But now let's... What's going on there, Richard? Huh? What, why are you flipping a coin? Call it. I'm sorry? He- heads or tails? He- uh, heads. Nope, you're wrong. Off to Orlando, then, it seems, for you guys next week. So, bypassing the fact that that actually landed heads, Richard, (laughs) uh, it does seem that we will be heading to Florida in just a few days as the flip of a coin has gone against the Rapids for an 11th straight road game in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, They'll face Orlando City in the third round of the competition. Now, come on, is this bad luck or is uh, is something else at play here? Well, uh, for a long time, teams could bid for games and the Rapids probably weren't pursuing Open Cup matches as aggressively as as they should have been a few years ago. But recently, I think it's fair to say that we're wondering if these coins are double-sided. <laughs> well, there is one player in the Rapids ranks who's got a US Open Cup medal to his name. In fact, he's got two, Nathan Sturgis, and I asked him what it takes to win this competition. It's not easy. It's a tough competition, um, especially, you know, the Open Cup games are usually uh, kind of jammed in between MLS games. So it's, you know, it's sort of a balancing act, um, you know, between MLS and, and Open Cup. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's a good competition. It's, it's tough to, you know, you have to win maybe four or five games to, to win it all. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good competition. It's usually good games. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it feels good to, to win something and it's it's opportunity to uh, win a trophy. When you play against the lesser opposition, the, the, the teams from the lower leagues, because obviously it doesn't happen week in, week out with Major League Soccer, uh, do you notice that they are stepping it up? They, they, they desperately want that scalp of an MLS team? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, a lot of the, uh, the other divisions have, uh, have good teams and, you know, a lot of those players... Uh, have played in the MLS at some point, uh, so you know they're they're good teams and and they you know the Open Cup's a chance for them to, to play against MLS teams. So you know they they get up for the games and uh, you know as as an MLS team you know you have to match that intensity. Rapids haven't had a home game in a long long time. I think this is this is the eleventh road trip in a row, going back to two thousand and seven. Just trying again describe having to go midweek. geographically because those from outside of the u.s won't appreciate how much hard work it is to travel midweek across the country Mm -hmm. well yeah like i said that's that's a tough thing to balance uh mls and open cup you know we we have a game on saturday and then have to travel all the way to florida to to play a game tuesday night uh so you know it's but you know that's why you have a, a roster of 28 guys. Uh, so you know whether it's guys that play on Saturday, play again on Tuesday, or whether it's you know different guys stepping in. Uh, you know everybody's ready to play. Everybody wants to play. Um, so you know it's just you know it's just a, up to the coaches. You know find a mix of uh, you know the best players to put out there to to get a result. How desperate does, does the side want to succeed in the U.S. Open Cup? Is it is it the 
a priority? Is it getting to the playoffs? At what point do you start to, when you were at Seattle, at what point did you start to think, actually, we're getting into a position here where, where we can win it. Let's, let's start to knuckle down. Yeah, I mean, I just think any game you play, any competition you're in, you want to win. Um, so going into the Open Cup, uh, you know, as players, we want to win, we want to play. Uh, as coaches, you know, they, they want to win. Um, so, you know, I, I think we take it, uh, you know, take it very serious. And, you know, whoever is called on uh, to go out and play, you know, you, ha- you have to go out and perform and, and try to get a win. Orlando City, we know, want to be an MLS club. Do you think that's going to give them a little bit of extra edge that they want to try and prove themselves as, as being a, a, of equal standing with an MLS club next week? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they have uh, plenty of motivation to, uh, you know, to be up for the game and, and they want to win and, uh, you know, their their team and their club, they want to showcase themselves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, they'll, they'll be up for the game and, and, you know, we have to match that. So that's Nathan Sturgis talking to Richard earlier this week. He was on those Sounders squads who, again, controversially managed to have a lot of home matches en route to their three consecutive U.S. Open Cups. A reminder that you're listening to the Rapids podcast, bringing you the stories from inside the Colorado Rapids. Yes, and the beauty with all of that is that we are trying, and we will try, to look beyond the first team. We're looking to reflect the club's depth and breadth, so a fantastic youth academy to be proud of, plus the women's team, which will begin their assault on the Western Conference of the W League this weekend. Rapids women play in a seven-team conference alongside last year's W League Championship runners-up Pali Blues, who lost their opening fixture 2-0 to Los Angeles Strikers. Also in the conference, Seattle Sounders women, this Saturday's opponents Colorado Rush, Bay Area Breeze and Santa Clarita Blue Heat. Brooke Spence is captain of the side, she's an Australian international and is back to lead the Rapids for their second season in the W League Western Conference, the second tier of women's soccer in North America. We've got some revenge to seek after last year's performances against Rush. Um, And, I mean, I think it's a good thing that we get to play Rush on home turf in our first game. Yeah, no advantages, but I don't think we need that. We're, We're ready to go and ready to show them how to play football. Spence is not the only foreign import. The Rapids also boast players from Germany, Japan, England and Sweden. Last season was a first for this side and followed a partnership between the Rapids and Colorado Force. They finished fourth in that first season, but leading scorer in 2012, Aaron Gunter, knows where they need to improve. Last season we uh, had a couple of games where we let a few get away from us. We were close, like with... Rush a couple times and a couple other teams, but uh, I feel like this year we're a lot more focused and a lot more uh, determined, I guess, I would say, to do what we need to do. And in terms of the challenges for this season, is it is it within the the, the roster? Is it is it the opposition? I mean, have you got the roster, do you feel, that, that, that can challenge this season? Yeah, I think we have the roster to uh, win the league. I think that... Um, we just have to go out there and prove it, pretty much. Um, all the players, the, the coaches worked hard all off-season to get the right players here. and I, I mean, we have all the tools, we just need to put them together. Rebecca Patrick is a Rapids midfielder who's experienced soccer life outside of North America, having spent time in Spain. Like many, she's returned for the new season with renewed hope, but believes they'll face some tough opposition. I think our biggest competition will be Seattle. They're always tough. Pally, they're very tough. And, um, you know, Rush, we always kind of struggle with them. They're the hometown rivals. So I think everybody will do fairly well. So we'll see how we do. 
And how important is it for you to have that crest on your on your badge there? Rapids is huge. It's a huge organization. The men, they're great. They won already, and we hope to do the same. Layla, Layla, stretch it out a little bit. We've set some objectives already from the start of the season amongst us as staff, as well as the players, as well as from the club as well. And uh, no, I think we can uh, we can definitely get into the top four and, and work our way even higher. Rapids women's head coach Daniel Klitnovich, who has this to say for those yet to experience women's soccer. If they've, they've never been to a women's game, they need to come down here and, and, and see it for themselves. It's the level of players, not only for, for, from our team, but the, the teams we're going to come up against uh, are still uh, some of the best players in America, without a doubt, and, and, and even you know in, in the world. We've got some, uh, here at the Rapids, we've got some U17 internationals uh, from Germany. Uh, we've got some uh, Japanese internationals, youth internationals, and even though they're not in the pro league here, uh, they're still playing at the highest level of, 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 of soccer at that age. So they're, they're fantastic players, fantastic. The Rapids women will face Colorado Rush this Saturday. Kickoff at 4 p.m. on Field 20 at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, which is just east of the stadium. Tickets still available for this game and the Chivas USA match as a combo. Call 303-825-GOAL or go to coloradorapids.com for tickets. They've got the opener against the Rapids in a preseason friendly in Las Vegas, but it's going to be Deshaun Brown, not Henry Thomas, who scored the penalty kick against Portland a few weeks ago. Deshaun Brown with the spot kick, right-footed, and he sends the keeper the wrong way. And Deshaun Brown with his second goal for the Rapids. The first of the night at the Home Depot Center. And after seven minutes, Colorado Rapids lead by one goal to nil. There's the Deshaun Brown penalty kick, which secured all three points for the Rapids on April 13th at Chivas USA. Now Chivas coming to Dick Sporting Goods Park this weekend, and they're in all sorts of trouble. Yes, ten points from the opening five games. They then came up against the Rapids on, as you say, April the 13th, and that was the start of what's been a real sorry sequence of results, during which time, as I say, ten points from the first five games. They picked up one point from the last six. They've leaked 15 goals, and they've netted just three. Amidst all of that, there's been talk of a takeover. Uh, they traded their leading striker, Juan Agudelo, to the revolution. And Coach Chalice admitted last weekend, and after that defeat to Real Salt Lake, that they seem to have found their level. And that level is bottom of the Western Conference. Yeah, which is a bit scary. It's always nice for the Rapids, though, to start a run of miserable form for another team and also to catch them, maybe, uh, as the Rapids are coming back to full strength. Yeah, Buttle, of course, is available again after suspension this weekend. Uh, Dylan Powers will be back. He has returned uh, from his graduation. Uh, Brian Mullen, who was on the bench last weekend, rested, so he'll be uh, a little bit fresher this weekend. Deshaun Brown getting sharper, as is Martin. Uh, Mastro Aini, of course, is in the mix. Uh, Jamie Smith, Castrillo, and Henry Thomas nearing full fitness. We, we have been talking and waiting for this moment, for the Rapids to have that one match where the floodgates may be open, nearing full strength. Is it going to be this weekend? I hope so. Uh, But before we go, let's take a trip down memory lane with a former Rapids defender. Chris Martinez played for the club from 1997 to 2001, making 108 appearances. He's been speaking to Richard. I actually grew up here in Colorado playing soccer and was lucky enough to get a scholarship to play at Clemson University and even luckier to come back here and play with the Colorado Foxes, which uh, was a team in the American Professional Soccer League before the MLS. So in 97... Coach Myronick called me up to the Rapids, and uh, it was a whirlwind tour. Right out of the gate, within a few months, I was playing in the MLS Cup, starting it right back, and remained with the squad through 2001. So it was actually a dream come true to play here in my hometown. What was that introduction to, to Major League Soccer like? How big was it for you and for the nation? Oh, it was just massive. I mean, finally we 
get crowds coming out to, to games and whatnot, and we're getting players back then of the likes of Echeverry and Jaime Moreno and El Pibe, Carlos Valderrama. It was uh, instrumental to where things are today. So I sort of feel like uh, one of the pioneers, actually, to see where MLS was then and where it is today. One game a year, Fourth uh, of July, we'd get the largest crowd, 50,000, 60,000, at Mile High Stadium, which was phenomenal. However, you know, if we had a crowd of 10,000 in a 75,000-seat stadium, it seemed uh, a little barren, so to speak. So to see uh, the evolution of the soccer-specific stadiums and the league itself, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. 108 appearances, then then how did your, your life and your, your career unfold after the Rapids? Right, so I retired in 2002, and a former teammate of mine, Rivers Guthrie, he played briefly with the Rapids as well. We started a company called Footability and uh, came up with the technical footwork system, produced three instructional DVDs, started doing camps and clinics, not only locally but around the country, and now we specialize in private and small group trainings, team trainings, which has led me back to Real Colorado as the, as the uh, director of player development. So it's just uh, it's a great thing, able to work with these young players and help develop them on the field as soccer players and find young men and women off the field and just try and embrace the love for the game. I grew up here in Colorado, as I said, and back in the day there were teams and a few small clubs, but now it's actually it's become a, a real booming business and, and opportunities to, to develop these players and, and see them move on and, and get college scholarships and, and play for national teams. It's, it's very impressive. And, you mentioned Real Colorado is, you know, Lauren Donaldson, very good friend of mine and mentor. He, he was a, an assistant coach with the Rapids as well with Tim Hankinson. Uh, it's under his leadership and, and he's as good as it gets, so I feel very blessed to have this opportunity. And just going back to the Rapids, uh, you clearly follow them still. How, how do you feel <laughs> that the club has progressed and where they are now as opposed to where they were when, when, when you were playing? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's the intricacies of the day, the day in, day out, and I know those guys have their hands full from the front office to, to the coaches and the players themselves, but I think the assets and the resources that they have now are as good as they've ever been, so it's, uh, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm very happy to see it and, you know, envious at the same time. I wish I was still playing. Chris Martinez on life before, during, and after the Rapids. Richard, you're in the booth this weekend? Yes, I will be. Marcelo and myself uh, will have uh, pregame on altitude, 6.30pm. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Now, the pregame is uh, is great. We're outside. Cello is there signing autographs, standing for photos. I'm usually the one uh, uh, taking photos. So uh, that'll be me, the man behind the lens. There's also Rapids Report, of course. That airs from 6pm each Thursday on altitude. Lots of great soccer stories. It's also repeated, so do check your local listings for details. Well, that's it for another edition of the Rapids Podcast here from a very busy Dick Sporting Goods Park. From myself, David Lindholm, and Richard Fleming, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.